Shalom to all. Today's daf is Psachim daf Mem. We are starting 13 lines from the top. That's the first wide line, the third to last word on the line. Today's daf is sponsored. Bishos Hadassah Nuna Basara. She should have a tzlacha and Basuras Taivas very soon. And the Gemara says, Tan Rabbanon, ain't licensed sorry by Pesach. One is not allowed to soak barley on Pesach. Now, we already have explained previously that Lasisa is soaking the grains before they're ground up into flour. And this accomplishes clearing away anything that's on the grain that could prevent us from getting the finest of flowers. So this is not allowed to be done on Pesach. The Imla says, however, if he did do so, he soaked his grain, Nisbaku, if they're cracked, Asurais. So then they're Asur. That's because now they've expanded so much because of the water, they've cracked, and it's very easy for them to become Chametz. Lainisbaku, if they haven't cracked, Mutars, so then you're allowed to use them. Rabbi Yisrael, he says, Sharon Bechametz, you could just soak them in vinegar, Bechametz Tzimson, and the vinegar is going to shrink them. That's going to retard it and prevent it from becoming Chametz. And therefore, even if they were cracked, you still have this way out that it's not going to become chametz. Amar Shmuel in halacha karbiyasi, the halacha is not like karbiyasi. Amar Chizda, Amar Ukva, learn the spaku mamish. It doesn't really mean that they actually cracked open. If you were to place them on a barrel of wine, and then they're going to crack on their own, that's what it means, cracked. What does that mean? If you put it on a barrel of wine, the strong, pungent aroma of the wine causes grain that's already swelled because of water to crack. So it doesn't have to be that it cracked already, it means it's on the verge of cracking. Says nisbaku mamish, it has to be that they actually cracked. And avot shmuel of the bedur the bebar chashu shmuel pask in the case like this in the area of bar chashu nisbaku mamish that only once the grains actually cracked did he say that they're to use on pesach, but before they cracked he said that they're mutter. Amaraba bal nefesh, a person who's a bal nefesh. Rashi says a bal nefesh is a chassid, and the Gilean tells us a bal nefesh is a yari shemayim hacharid al nafshei, a person who's fearful of heaven, he's afraid for his life, meaning he's very careful of mitzvahs. So this bal nefesh, Rabbi tells us lo yotais, he shouldn't soak grains. My area bal nefesh. We ask, why are we only talking about a bal nefesh? I feel cool. Even everyone should be careful not to soak the grain. The hatani we have a brisa. Ain lo sin sarim pesach. We are not allowed to soak this barley on pesach. So we answer hachikamer. This is really what he's saying. Bal nefesh. I feel chitin to shri rilayotes. A bal nefesh. Even very hard wheat he shouldn't soak. Hard wheat is very difficult to become chametz because it's very hard and it's not going to absorb water. Nonetheless, a bal nefesh shouldn't soak this hard wheat. Amalei Rav Nachman. He said, Mandet saisle laaba. Whoever listens to Abba, this is referring to Rabba. It's just a chashav way of referring to him. Achol Namadei Pusha, he's going to end up eating spoiled bread, meaning he's never going to end up soaking his grain on Pesach. And that means anything that he eats on Pesach that's made with flour is going to end up being very coarse and not made out of fine flour. The Habei Rav Huna Lassi, the base Medrash in the household of Rav Huna, they used to soak their grains. And Bei Rav Abar Avin Lassi, they also used to soak their grains. And now we have another opinion. Rav Amar, he says, Asr Lossos, you are not allowed to soak grain on Pesach. El Hadetan, you have a bride, so the Gemara asks, Ein Lossin, so Arim Pesach, you're not allowed to soak barley on Pesach. So Arim Hudalai, you're not allowed to soak barley. Hachiti Shari, but you are allowed to soak wheat on Pesach. Gemara answers, Lemi Bayo Ka'amar. That Brisa is Lemi Bayo. Lemi Bayo Chitin. We don't even have to tell you about wheat. The Kima the Isbet Syria, since it has this groove or this crevice in it, Aili Behumayo, so then the water gets into the kernel. Avosari, but barley, the Shi'i, it's smooth. Ema Shapir Dami, I might say that you're allowed to soak in water. Kamashim Lan is that you are not allowed to soak in water on Pesach. But Hadar Marava, then he was Chaiser, he retracted his sheet and he said, Mutter Lil Sais, you are allowed to soak grain on Pesach. You have a brisa. We could be yotze or chiv or eating matzah on the first night of Pesach with clean bread, meaning with bread made out of fine flour, the hadra, and this is coarse flour matzah, the hashronikia and it's impossible to get clean flour if you didn't soak it prior. So it must be that you are allowed to soak it. Clearly, Rava says you're allowed to soak grain. 
But our Papa asked Rava, Hakmachim, regular flour, Bahalasasis, and fine flour, Soilas is fine flour, Shel Nachrim, if this comes from a non Jew, Shelk farm, if it came from the villages to Hiram, so it's Tahar, it can't be Makabotoma, Shel Krachim, it came from the cities to Mayim, so then it could be Makabotoma. And now we explain the Kvar Maitama, why is it that when it comes from the villages, it can't be Makabotoma? Lavmishum Deloy Lassi, isn't that because they don't soak the grain before they grind it? They're not careful of having very clean flour, and since the grain wasn't soaked, that means it never had water on it, which means that it can't be Makabotoma because it was never Moshe Lakabotoma. And nonetheless, what do we see? The Kakarle Silas, we're still calling it fine flour. So we see that it is possible to have something called fine flour even though it was never soaked in water. So what you, Rava, said is not true, Rav Hapa is saying. The Gemara answers to Guma. We really explain that to mean Akimcha, the flour that comes from non-Jews, only the Kemach, the regular flour, but not the fine flour. Now, Basar Danafik, after he left, meaning after Rava left Rav Hapa's presence, Amar, Rav Hapa exclaimed to himself, My Why didn't I tell him from the following and prove to him that something could be considered soilless, fine flour, even though it was never soaked? Dom Rav Zera, Amar Rav Yirmiya, Amar Shmuel, Chitin Shalmanachas, the wheat used for the flour of the carbon it's not to be soaked but nonetheless it's still called silas it's called fine flour so we have a very clear proof against Rava that something could be called silas it could be called fine flour even though the grain wasn't soaked but now the Gemara says Rava actually was chayzer and he retracted his opinion and he said mitzvah lilsais. it's actually mitzvah to soak the grain that's going to be used for the flour of matzah the first night of Pesach Shemar says in the Pesach you should guard the matzah and this tells us we have to guard it and make sure it doesn't become chametz and now, Eloy the Bailasisa, if it doesn't need to be soaked prior to grinding, Shimur Lamai. So, what exactly are you guarding it? From when exactly are you making sure it's not becoming chametz? Ishimer delisha. If you're going to tell me that you're guarding it while it's being needed and you're making sure it doesn't become chametz, shimer delisha lav shimer who? That's not considered guarding it to make sure that it doesn't become chametz. Dam Rav Huna because Rav Huna told us, but zekas shal nachrim pre-made dough that came from a gentile, meaning the gentile made this dough and it didn't become chametz yet, and now he's selling it. Other mali mehen, a person is allowed to fill his stomach with that dough, meaning he bought this dough from the gentile before it became chametz, and then he made it into matzah. So he's allowed to eat that matzah the first night of Pesach, as long as as long as he ate a kezayis of matzah, kezayis that he made himself from beginning to end, all the way at the end. Only if he eats that matzah at the end, but the first matzah that he ate, meaning the matzah made from the pre-made dough of the Gentile, that's not kosher matzah to be used for his chiv of matzah the first night of Pesach. My time, why is that? Because it didn't have the proper guarding done to it, meaning even though it was baked and it wasn't chametz, nonetheless, it doesn't have the special thing the Pasuk tells us, Ushmartemes HaMatzais, you have to specifically guard them to make sure that they don't become chametz. And the Gemara continues explaining Shita's Rava, Why don't we just say that he guarded them from baking and onwards? Meaning, he bought the dough before it became chametz, but he continued the process of making it. He made it into circles, and then he put some water on it, he did whatever was necessary to bake it, and then he baked it, and he made sure it didn't become chametz. Why don't we consider that as a valid Shimur? must be that we learn from here, Shimur Meir Karb Inun, that we have to have a specific type of Shimur, a specific type of guarding, all the way from the beginning of its process, meaning even before it becomes flour, even in the soaking process. The Gemara asks Umimai, who says that's true? Dilma Shani Hasan, perhaps that case is different when you bought the pre-made dough from the Gentile, at the time that the Shimur process was starting, meaning when you were supposed to be starting guarding it to making sure it doesn't become Chametz, then he wasn't watching it because the Gentile was making it. But let's say at a time where now it starts the guarding process, Avid Lashimur, he did guard it from becoming Chametz. 
then that would mean that guarding it while he's needing it would be considered a proper guarding. Meaning it's very possible that the chiyav of the pasuk, so you have to make sure it doesn't become chametz, is really during the kneading process. And the only reason why this pre-made dough bought from the Gentile doesn't have that is because who needed that? The Gentile needed it. And that's why it doesn't have the proper shimur. But if a Jew made the dough from start to finish, so he actually is yotzeh his chiyav of shimur just during the kneading. So we seemingly have disproven Rava. However, the Gemara continues, Even so, Rava was not chazer from his shita, and he holds that you need to have shimur from the beginning, meaning all the way from before the wheat is ground all the way till the end. He told, meaning Rava told the people that were turning over the sheaves. These are the people who were doing the harvest, and they were taking the sheaves, the stalks of grain, and they were turning them over as they were getting ready for bundling. When you're turning them over, turn them over and have in mind a mitzvah. What mitzvah are we talking about? Rashi tells us that he told them to ensure that when they're turning over these bundles or these stalks of grain, they do not fall into any water and making sure that they don't become chametz. Alma Kasavar, we see the Rava holds, that we have to have this shimur from beginning all the way till the end. So it makes sense to say that Shitas Rava would be that it's good to soak the grains prior to grinding them. That's because you can actively do a shimur while it's soaking to make sure that it becomes chametz. Now the Gemara just concludes with something that has to do with Shitas Rava. His mother used to store grain for him in Arve, which is like basins or containers, meaning she ensured that there was shimur, that they were being guarded from becoming chametz right after the harvest, meaning way before they started becoming dough. And now more about grain that came into contact with water. There was a boat that had wheat on it, the tava, it sank in the Chishta River. Shari Ravel is allowed it to be sold to Gentiles, but not to Jews. That's because it was right before Pesach, and he was afraid that it absorbed so much water, it was on the verge of becoming chametz, therefore it had to be sold to Gentiles. He asked Rava, we have a garment, the kilayim was lost in it. What does that mean? Kilayim, when it comes to a beged, is actually talking about shotness. Wool and linen is the isra of shotness. You're not allowed to have wool and linen together. So let's say we had a wool baguette and a little bit of linen was sewn into it. However, it was lost and we don't know where that linen is. You are not allowed to sell it to a Gentile and we're going to see in a moment why. And you're not allowed to sew it into the saddle of a donkey because you might take it out and use it for your own personal benefit. But you are allowed to make it as as the burial shrouds of a mace. That's because you're never going to use the burial shrouds of a mace. They're actually Asr Ba'ana. And now the Gemara explains, Why are you not allowed to sell it to a Gentile? Isn't that because he might take this garment and then sell it to a Jew? And the Jew is not going to know that it has shotness in it. So too, if you sell this water-soaked wheat to a Gentile, he might now sell it to a Jew. The Jew is not going to know that, and he's going to make matzah out of it, and it's actually going to be chametz. So Adam Rava, Rava retracted, and he said, You should sell it bit by bit. Kav by Kav to Jews, so it should be all used before Pesach. Don't sell a lot of it to one Jew because he might not be able to use it all before Pesach. Sell it little by little to many different Jews and then it will be used up before Pesach. One is not allowed to mix flour into a pot on Pesach. Myelin is a lotion of taking flour and mixing it into a pot. Don't put it in your pot of food on Pesach. If he would like to do so, he should first put flour and then he should put vinegar. Vinegar, as we said 
previously is going to prevent it from becoming chametz. So therefore, put the flour right away. Put the vinegar. Some say you could even put the vinegar and then you could put the flour. And even though the vinegar is already a little bit mixed into the pot, nonetheless, it still has the ability to prevent the flour from becoming chametz. The Gemara asks, "Man yeshayimim? Who's this yeshayimim? Amar Chiz Rabbi Yehuda. He it's Rabbi Yehuda. That now we have a Mishnah. Ha'ilfas Vakatera. We have a frying pan or a pot. Shavir Mirusach and he took them off of the fire and they were boiling hot. This was on Shabbos. Lo yitain l'sachin tavlin. He's allowed to put spices into them. That's because the kli rishon. It came directly off of the fire and this is what the food was cooked in originally. And that kli rishon has the ability to cook the spices. Avol nesh l'sachin hakara. But you could put these spices into a bowl or l'sachatamchoy or into a serving dish. That's because they're already a klisheni. The food was taken from the original pot and placed into this bowl or serving dish and a klisheni can't cook even though it's boiling hot. Rabbi Huda Amir, he says, you're allowed to put spices into any dish that's in a klisheni except for something that has vinegar or fish brine in it. That's because vinegar is very sharp and that creates a cooking effect even in a klisheni. We see that Rabbi Huda is of the opinion that even though the chaymitz, the vinegar, was in this dish first and then you put something in, nonetheless, this vinegar is so powerful it can create an effect on that which is put in afterwards. So too, if we have this dish on Pesach, even though chaymetz was put in first and then you put the flour, the chaymetz has the ability to overpower this flour and ensure that it doesn't become chaymetz. The Gemara asks, Why don't we say that this yesh aimrim that allows the vinegar first and then the flour is just like Rabbi Yesi? The Tanya, we have a brayser. Rabbi Yesi, he says, that if we had these barley grains that were waterlogged and they were cracked, you could still put them into vinegar and the vinegar is going to prevent them from becoming chaymetz. So we see that even though the vinegar is there first, and then you put something in them, the vinegar is still very strong. The Gemara answer is no. When did Rabbi Yesi say his opinion? That's only if you have pure vinegar with nothing else. When the vinegar is mixed with something else, it's mixed in a dish, so then it's not strong enough to overpower that which is placed in afterwards. However, Ula Amar, he says, It's also to put flour into your dish on Pesach, whether or not the vinegar went in first or second. Why? We tell of Nazir, go away, go around don't come close to the vineyard we know that a Nazir is not allowed to have grapes or wine and we tell him don't even come close to the vineyard not because us for him to go to the vineyard it's just that we're afraid if we allow him to go through the vineyard he might accidentally eat grapes and that's going to be a problem therefore no putting flour into any dishes on Pesach you might run into issues Rav Papi he allowed the bakers of the Rish Galusa's house to thicken a pot of food with chasisi which is this Kimcha de Shuna, this flour made from oven toasted grain. And Amarava, he asked, does anyone permit this? In a place where there's avadim, there's many servants in the Reish Galusa's house, and they're not careful with it becoming chametz or not. Therefore, you should not allow this in the house of the Reish Galusa. Some say, the Rav himself, he actually would mix some of this flour into his pot on Pesach, and he didn't have a problem with it. And the Mishnah continues with more things that a person has to be careful of, that if he does this, he might run into an issue of Chametz on Pesach. So a person is not allowed to take flour and put it into charoises. This is not the charoises that we eat on Seder night along with our mar and our matzah. This is just a standard dip used for meat. They would take flour and put it into this dip. Rashi says it also had vinegar and it creates some sort of acidic taste, this blend of flour and vinegar. A person should not take flour and put it into his mustard. Again, it might become chametz. Vimnasan, if he did do so, he has to eat it right away because it might become chametz very quickly. Rameir Eiser, he says it's usher. 
in Mavashkin of Pesach. We are not allowed to cook the carbon Pesach itself, Lebimashkin, not in liquids, Lebimeperis, not in fruit juices, Avosachin, but we could smear it or baste it with liquid while it's roasting, or after it's roasted, we could take that meat and dip it into fruit juices. And now a third topic in the Mishnah, the water that the baker used to cool his hands off while he's making matzah, they have to be spilled out, because they could become chametz, they have little pieces of dough in them, because while he was kneading the dough and he was making the matzah, he washed his hands with it, and little pieces of dough for sure got into this water, so it could become chametz. And the Gemara says, The Machlech is between Rav Meir and the Chachamim about whether or not you have to get rid of this right away or if you're allowed to eat it right away is only when we're talking about putting flour into mustard. But if you put the flour into the Chareses, everyone agrees you have to burn it right away. We have a breast like this. You're not allowed to put flour into Chareses. If he didn't do so, Yisarf Miyad has to be burned right away. But if you put it into mustard, Rav Meir, he says Yisarf Miyad has to be burned right away. They say, it could be eaten right away. Now, Amrav Huna, Braid Rav Yehuda, Amrav Nachman, Amr Shmuel, Halacha Kedivir Chamim, the Halacha is like the Chamim. Now, Amr Lev Nachman, Braid Yitzhak, Rav Huna, Braid Rav Yehuda, Mem Alpha and Alpha on the top, Acharesis Ka Amar Mar, did Shmuel say that Halacha is like the Chamim when we're talking about flour being put into Charesis, or Achardel Ka Amar Mar, or is he talking about it only when flour was put into the mustard, but not when it's put into Charesis? Amr Lehi asked him, Lamayna Afkamina, what's the difference? So he responded, Lud Rav Kahana, exactly for what Rav Kahana said. To Amr Rav Kahana, he just told us, is only when you put the flour into mustard. But if you put it into charoses, everyone agrees you have to burn it right away. So when you quoted Shmuel, that halach is like the chamim, was he saying that they're arguing even in the case of charoses or only in the case of chardol? Amalei, he responded, I didn't hear. Kloimar, meaning, I don't think that there's a difference. And Rashi says, they hold that even when flour is placed into charoses, you don't have to burn it right away. As long as you eat it right away, there's no problem. And Amar Avashi, Avashi said, it's actually logical to say like Rav Kahana that the only machlaik is between Rav Meir and the Chachamim is when we put flour into mustard, but the Chacham would agree that when flour is placed in the Chareses, that you have to burn it right away. How do we know this? From the fact that Shmuel had said, that Allah is not like Rav Yaisi, meaning if we have this waterlogged barley, it's not allowed to be placed into vinegar in order to prevent it from becoming Chametz. My love, Samusu Hudlait Samus, what do we see from here? That not only does the vinegar not prevent it from becoming chametz, it doesn't shrivel or shrink it, it actually causes it to become chametz. So we see from here that vinegar has the ability to cause something to become chametz, so it must be that Shmuel holds and Shitas Chachamim that if flour is placed into Chareses, this Chareses has vinegar, so it's actually going to make it become chametz. The Gemara says, like, that's not so. Perhaps the vinegar is not going to prevent it from becoming chametz, but it's not going to increase increase its ability to become chametz either, nothing's going to happen to it. Therefore, we do not have a riot from Ravashi that Shmuel holds that the Chum agreed to Rav Meir. In the case of Charoi says, they would have to be burned right away. We're going to pause here for the day. Everyone should have a wonderful day.